You're tuned into Apocalypse Overtime. I'm Quinton, and this episode is going to be another media discussion type of episode, partly, because I had a video game that I wanted to talk about, kind of like a couple weeks ago when I did the, the episode about various Apocalypse movies and Apocalypse scenes and movies and stuff, because reflective of the real world and stuff. And so I was thinking about another thing, and I wanted to do another episode sort of talking about that. But then as I was thinking about that, it made me realize another thing that was actually real life and important. So anyway, the, the media item of today's episode is The Division. So The Division was a game that came out back in, goodness, you know, I'm, I'm not even entirely sure. I think like 2014 or maybe 2015. I'm not, I think the PS4 came out in 2013 and then The Division came out not that long after it, I think, because it was sort of an earlier 8th gen video game. Anyway, Division was made by Ubisoft. It's a video game where you you play as agents of this division. It's a Tom Clancy game, so it's kind of it's not a military game, but it's like a secret service-ish type of thing. Like, you know, there's there's FBI agents, CIA agents, secret service agents, stuff like that who like they have a lot of that type of training for for like stuff, but then they're not actually I think you guys get what I mean. Like a very, like a general, if you think of the term just like agent, that's pretty much what the division is. So it's supposed to be that there's this big outbreak of, it's it's like a modified version of smallpox. And it's like hitting places in the US a bunch. And in particular, New York City, so many people get sick and, and die from the, I think it's called the green flu in the actual game, that they have to sort of lock down all of New York City, really, but especially Manhattan. And so in the game, you play as a member of the division, which, as I said, is sort of the set of not secret agents, but just kind of general agents who are embedded throughout society and they get called in whenever stuff gets real, real bad. And so the game takes place in Manhattan and you've got to sort of figure out, I guess, the origin of it. Like, I, I haven't played it in a while and you can't really play it anymore because it's a it's a mass multiplayer online game. And the internet doesn't work anymore post cataclysm and stuff but i remember it was it was really cool it was one of those games too that like the promotion behind it was it just made it look so cool some of the early trailers people thought like it was like the physics of it were amazing the multiplayer looked really good there was just a lot of cool aspects about it and even though to to some extent like no game ever lives up to to the promotional stuff for it in a lot of ways, I always thought that The Division did, because a lot of stuff that you saw in the, in the trailers and gameplay, you know, previews and stuff like that, a lot of that did come through in the final game, and it was just, it was a very smooth game. It was, it was sort of a normal third-person shooter, but the environments were really cool. The, I think one of the things that's really always set The Division apart back when you could actually play it was that there was a really interesting cover system. When your character took cover, you could move to other pieces of cover and you would like hold down a button and they would move automatically. It was just, it was all very smooth and allowed for sort of fast paced combat and just very fluid combat in the game. And the story and stuff was good too. So it was, it was just a all well-rounded video game. And I like it enough that I was actually considering writing part of my dissertation on it pre-cataclysm. My dissertation was going to be on novelizations of video games and like tie-in novels of video games and, and that type of that genre of of novels and books and stuff. And so the the division 
The game itself, I don't think ever had a proper novelization of it, but there are a lot of of books that are in that that series of the division which like i remember because it was it was a while ago it was only preliminary research on it because cataclysm happened pretty early on in the year and everything in the, in the school year and everything but like there was there was a ton of division books and i just always thought that was kind of surprising but not that surprising i guess because tom clancy stuff usually has some sort of book incorporated with it there's a ton of tom clancy stuff out there and a lot of it even if it didn't originate as a book, got books in the end anyway. And then there was also, there was the second Division game, but I never really played that one that much. I remember I had gotten that, when I was actually at Vanderbilt, I got that for free from, from GameStop back in the U.S. because I was a Power Up Rewards member, and they did like a $5 credit thing you could get every month, and then the Division 2 went on sale for like $5, and so I was able to, get that for for literally nothing which was surprising i don't really understand the division 2 was a game that i feel like i mean i mostly saw that when i was when i was at vanderbilt because i think that was around when the game came out and it it felt to me like i always saw the division 2 for sale for really really cheap which i never really understood because it wasn't like it was a bad game like a lot of people still played it and stuff but it seemed like it was always on sale for five dollars or something or just some other really cheap number the Division 2 takes the stuff from the first game that, like, the disease that was spreading around and stuff, and sort of makes it more post-apocalyptic, which I wasn't really a huge fan of, and then again, though, I never really played much of the Division 2, and I can't really play the Division 2 very well either now because the the whole lack of internet thing, but the Division 2 took place in Washington, D.C., which seemed like a really cool setting. And it looked like it took a lot of what the Division 1 did right and kept it, but I think it's, I don't know, like, the Division 1 doesn't feel post-apocalyptic. The Division 1 feels pandemic-ish. The, the functioning, like, society is still sort of functioning in the Division 1, whereas in the Division 2 it felt like it was sort of totally unfunctional, which just felt weird because that's not really the way that the series seemed like it was going at first with the first game, but... Anyway, I digress. So, my main point in bringing that up was I was thinking about The Division, and I realized, you know, The Division was really predictive in some ways of the COVID-19 pandemic. I feel like pre-cataclysm, a lot of people talked about stuff that predicted the, the pandemic and things like that, because there were some pieces of media out there that had various, like, disease things happening, and it was sort of strange sometimes to see it and then see how realistic it ended up being with the actual pandemic and stuff. Now, I remember over in the world of video games, the one that a lot of people talked about was Death Stranding. And yes, Death Stranding kind of did that because it it captured the isolation I think everybody sort of felt with the pandemic. Because Death Stranding came out right before the pandemic, I think. It came out in, what, like December 2019? So I think COVID had already started spreading at that point. It just wasn't like everywhere yet. And because I wanted to play it, I remember. And then I, I bought it when, when Vanderbilt had shut down from the pandemic and we all got sent home. Well, it didn't shut down, but when they moved classes online for the pandemic and stuff, I and we got sent home, I bought a couple of video games like right when I got sent home because initially, well, actually, here's, here's going back ways. I guess it's kind of appropriate, though, because even though now we're in a different sort of scenario now, post-cataclysm, a different type of bad <laughs> scenario, 
the pandemic is also pretty appropriate for, for talking about for this show. But when stuff started spreading about in the U.S. with COVID-19, I remember Vanderbilt had, like, we, we had just gotten back from a, from a spring break, I think it was, and we had one day of classes, and then they sent all of us home, which, I mean, that sucked for a lot of people who lived far away. I didn't live super close to campus, but I didn't live that far away, so it wasn't a huge deal for me. But I remember when that first happened, and like, like well, if I, I'm trying to remember the exact reason. If only the internet still worked, I could probably just check my emails and reread the emails, because I think I still have those. I, I know up to, up to the cataclysm happening, I still had my Vanderbilt email. I think it was that there was cases of, of COVID-19 that had happened in Nashville and the surrounding area, which Vanderbilt is in Nashville. And, but it didn't, like, they didn't shut the campus down or anything at first. And then it was when, well, and then somebody did catch COVID, somebody from the university, but they weren't actually on campus. They, they had went to Spain for a semester abroad or a trip or something like that. And then they came back and they, they had caught COVID there and then like started having symptoms on the way back. And I don't think they visited campus, but I remember that was sort of a, a sign of alarm for, for everybody at the university. Like, wow, one of our fellow peers has, has caught it. And then somebody at the Vanderbilt Medical Center caught it and that was why they actually sent all of us home but the thing was with them sending us home that it wasn't initially going to be for nearly as long as it ended up being and I think that's kind of a common theme for for like everybody who had that sort of thing happen because it feels like within that that same week it was March I think that a lot of universities ended up doing the same exact thing and sending people home and for Vanderbilt though I remember in the email they had initially said that it was just going to be for like a month. And so I got home and and they also had canceled the classes for like an additional week. So it was kind of like a whole nother week of, of spring break in a way. So I remember I had gotten home and anyway, what I was saying was I had bought Death Stranding for, for PlayStation. And I, I bought Death Stranding, I bought a Need for Speed game, and I think I bought like two PS3 games or something because... I was expecting to be bored, but I, I wasn't expecting to be bored for, you know, as long as it ended up being. But then I remember when, when we got back, it was like a couple more days and then we got another email that was like, yeah, actually, we're going to suspend in-person classes for the rest of the term. And I don't remember what it was, what the actual reasoning was for that. I think it might have just been rising COVID cases in general. But then so from there, we didn't have any more in-person classes for that semester. And then, of course, as everybody is well aware, the pandemic did not just go away within a couple of months. And so then, and I've, I've talked about this before. I don't know if I've talked about it before on Apocalypse Overtime, but in general on my shows, how then that was my junior year that the pandemic started. And then my senior year at Vanderbilt was not great because all of, you know, COVID was still going around. I did go in-person classes for the first semester of my senior year. And I just, I literally didn't do anything. I stayed in my room all the time because there was nothing going on. Some of the, the university clubs and stuff had tried to put on events and things, but it was like always over Zoom. So you never really saw anybody in person. I remember the one time I, I met up with somebody in person was I was at the radio station there and I had to like, I had to pick up some CDs, I think, from, from the station manager, and then I had to, like, return the CDs to the station manager, 
And so that was the two times I actually, like, saw a friend during that entire semester. And it sucked. And then I, I went back home and I did the, the last semester of my senior year online. And, you know, it's, it's really, like, it's crazy looking at it now. Because, I mean, now there's, there's a whole other set of problems and stuff post-cataclysm and everything. But at least I can, like, go outside now, you know? It's, and, and even, like, pre-cataclysm and stuff. It's just, it's crazy. I, I feel like, like, COVID still around and everything. But, like, I feel like it's, it's, I feel like people almost have already forgotten just how crazy it was during the pandemic. At least at first with just... Nobody really knew how, how dangerous it was, and nobody really knew, like, any specific ways to prevent it or whatever at first, and then, you know, people started wearing the masks, and that seemed to help and everything, but then there was all the political issues of that, at least in the U.S., and it was just such a big thing, and I feel like at least, at least now it's been sort of overshadowed by the cataclysm and everything, but it's, it was, that was crazy, but my whole point there in bringing all that up is that in thinking about The Division, it reminded me of the pandemic and, and all of the stuff associated with the pandemic because the division's green flu was, I don't know, it's just like, I remember I played, played a little bit of the division after the pandemic. Well, not after, like, you know, because it's, you know, there's always like the, the questions of if the pandemic actually ended and stuff. I'd say now with the cataclysm, people have not really thought about COVID that much or anything, but pre-cataclysm, slightly post-pandemic I had played a little bit of The Division and it's it's kind of striking in some ways how how reflective that game and how like predictive that game was of of the actual pandemic because I was I was mentioning Death Stranding and how that game got a lot of the isolation of the pandemic correct because you play as Sam Porter Bridges and he's delivering packages and there's not really anybody else around and that was sort of how the world felt sometimes when you would, like, go grocery shopping and stuff during the pandemic. But I think The Division also captured it really well because it's, like, the streets of New York City and New York City is, is ever-presently busy, like, all the time. And, but they're empty in The Division. And it's just, like, weird because that's sort of what ended up happening to some extent. And I guess, like... The, the thing with the division, though, is that the, the green flu in the division, so far as I remember the lore of it, was actually, it was, it was an engineered virus or whatever in the game, so that's kind of, it was, it was very deadly and stuff in the game, and so that's why it ended up causing as many problems as it did, whereas compared to COVID, COVID also could be deadly, but compared to the fictional green flu from, from the division, it was not, like, as deadly as, you know, this fake disease from a video game, but... Yeah, it, it, so anyway, that had just had me thinking about the pandemic and stuff in general. It made me realize something now, post-cataclysm, though. So obviously the pandemic happened. Like, everybody alive remembers stuff about the pandemic. And yet, post-cataclysm, I've noticed that I haven't actually seen that much remnants of, of the pandemic. And what I mean by that is, I, I guess it's best to sort of give an example. So I remember pre-cataclysm, when I went to one of the malls I went to, I don't remember exactly which one, I had wandered off into this one corner of the mall that ended up just being pretty much empty. All the stores in there were pretty much empty. There was like a restaurant or two that were those restaurants that are kind of like open air within the mall restaurants, and those looked like they hadn't been used in a while. And I don't know for sure, but it looked like it was it was probably a pandemic thing that, that killed off all those businesses, because 
the one restaurant I had walked by it and I saw there was there was stuff stuck up on it about like social distancing and things and nobody had taken it down yet or anything. And so it's crazy when you see stuff like that because it is it like I remember during the pandemic when people would talk about like, oh, imagine, you know, after the pandemic when you still see this stuff but it's not such a big deal anymore and it's just kind of like a reminder. And it's weird when you see that type of stuff. But then it occurred to me that post cataclysm, I haven't seen any of that type of stuff. I haven't really seen any sort of leftover social distancing posters or just like remnants of, you know, masking up posters, any any remnants of the pandemic around, which is really strange because obviously like the pandemic happened and I saw some of that stuff around pre-cataclysm. So it's really weird that now post-cataclysm, I haven't seen any of it, that it just seems to have sort of disappeared. It just makes you question what happened to all this stuff for an event that clearly very obviously happened. But I suppose that I don't really have much more to to elaborate on that other than just bringing it up. Although I've I've still been thinking, I mean, I suppose that's another, like, oddity of, of post-cataclysm life. I've been thinking about a lot of that stuff and trying to put things together, and it's still not quite, like, I still don't know exactly how everything fits all together in my mind yet with with post-cataclysm oddities and whatnot but anyway you know it really does suck that like we had a pandemic and then the pandemic ended sort of you know i i feel like saying that the pandemic ended is is at least was pre-cataclysm kind of a iffy term because covid still existed so it's it's and i mean covid still exists now post-cataclysm but i think it was always sort of a, a thing where it was like did the pandemic really end because the disease is still there? But, you know, then it was like, but like social society kind of at large went back to normal and everything. So, you know, it's, but anyway, so pandemic at least like lightened up. And then of course, cataclysm happened immediately afterwards. So it kind of sucks when you get like two apocalyptic events right back to back. So we'll see, we'll see how quickly the world recovers from, from the cataclysm, if it ever does, with all the strange stuff that's been going on. You know, it's also interesting, too, to consider the pandemic in comparison to the cataclysm in terms of just timing, I guess, because nobody expected the cataclysm, so that's, like, nobody was prepared for it or anything. Well, I mean, there, there's always preppers and stuff who are prepared for this sort of thing, but nobody, like, normally, in general, non-preppers were not so prepared for the cataclysm. And yet with the pandemic, it was like you could sort of see it on the horizon, which is, it really sucked, honestly. I mean, like, I remember, because the first time I had heard about COVID was was in December of 2019. I, I think, trying to remember when exactly they, they had started talking about it. It, it might have even been November of 2019. And I remember seeing the stuff on the news about, like, oh, there's this virus that's, that's spreading through China at this crazy rapid pace. And they, people had all the videos of like the streets in China being empty and stuff. And it was, it was kind of spooky. And I remember thinking to myself like, wow, I hope that doesn't reach America. Cause at the time I was living in the U S and I was like, wow, I hope that that doesn't reach there. And then, you know, then it started going around the world and then it did end up getting to the U S and then it's like, it's just crazy to think how something that started in just a couple places in China spread throughout the entire world to the point where you know even i caught it at one point and stuff and it's just crazy how how it like spread through the entire population and it was it was wild in those first couple of weeks when people started getting really concerned about it just how 
like everybody turned into a prepper. Everybody stocked up on everything. There was all the stuff about toilet paper being out of supply everywhere all over the place and all that type of stuff. And it was just, it was, it was such a weird state of existence for a while there where everybody was sort of scared to be near each other. You'd go into a store and somebody would cough and like everybody would not want to be near the person that coughed. And it was, yeah, it was just wild. And then the stuff with masks, how it was like, you know, all of a sudden everybody started wearing a mask and, you know, you know, that was a good thing because it helped prevent the spread of COVID and stuff. But like, it was just crazy. It was just strange to see. It was like, you know, everybody wearing masks all of a sudden when normally that's the type of thing only a doctor wears. I remember too with the pandemic, I don't know for sure, but I always kind of wondered too if, if COVID ended up in the U.S. earlier than people thought because it was kind of strange the, the timing of it with, with like, I actually got sick before COVID technically was in the area I was in, but then looking back at it. So the full story goes like this. So when I was at Vanderbilt, at WRVU, we did a 24-hour broadcast the one time, much like Purple Radio also had done in the past. And it was a lot of fun. Like, I got to meet a bunch of people from, from WRVU that I hadn't met before and everything. Although, it sucked because when the pandemic happened, I never really got to, like, actually... Like, I, I met a bunch of people and then never actually got to, like, develop the friendships. So that always kind of annoyed me. But anyway, I remember the broadcast had started at, like, 5 p.m. on a Friday, I think. And I had gotten there around the start of it because it was alongside like each person doing their individual shows. It was sort of a like 24 hour straight hangout. And so I remember I had been hanging out in the studio. I did my show time slot at like three in the morning, I think was when mine was. And I was there for a good, how long was I there? For like 14 hours straight or something in the studio. And then Around the next morning, I ended up not feeling that good, I remember, and I, I kind of thought maybe I was just, like, really exhausted from being in the studio for so long, and although I wasn't on the air myself for all those hours, I was still talking to a bunch of other people in the studio and everything, and I hadn't taken a nap or anything like that, and so I remember not feeling that good, and then I had, like, tried to take a nap at, at like, 9 a.m. or whatever, but it didn't, like, I just, I couldn't really fall asleep. There was, like, a couch we had, but I just wasn't feeling that good, so I remember I'd, I'd gone back to my room, and then, like, I actually ended up being kind of sick, not, like, not, like, in the vomit sense of being sick, but, like, I, I actually seemed like I had caught something, and then... It was, that was right before spring break, and then our spring break happened, and then the we had, like, the one day of classes, and then we all got sent home. And I remember once we got sent home, and, and COVID was a thing that was, like, actually on people's minds, I had thought about when I had gotten sick after the 24-hour thing, and started to realize that I wonder if I had actually caught COVID then, because it was, it was weird, because that day that we had the 24-hour broadcast at WRVU, it was, like bunch of people actually ended up getting sick and not being able to do their shows because from whatever time at night to whatever time in the morning there was me and like two other people in the studio and we actually covered for a handful of people and a bunch of people had gotten sick and then I also got sick and even though COVID wasn't technically in the national area at that point at least not like not like in a in a way that was registered and written down somewhere it seemed very COVID-ish that a bunch of people got sick all of a sudden and the symptoms that I had kind of ended up matching up with it. Because I remember too, well, I mean, once I caught COVID again later on, like for real, and I knew that it was COVID, 
I was able to kind of compare the symptoms of, of catching it when I knew it was COVID and then, ca- you know, whatever it happened to the 24-hour thing and realizing that the symptoms were pretty similar. And I also had, like, recorded some YouTube videos back, like, over that spring break because I had, I had thought that I was feeling better, what, like, a couple days into spring break or whatever. And then after everybody got sent home and stuff and, and COVID was kind of a thing that was on everybody's minds, I had edited some of those videos and so I could hear my own voice from like two weeks prior and I was like wow I actually sounded really sick when I recorded those and I didn't even realize it so anyway this episode was originally mostly focused on the division and then just the slight oddity of noticing that there wasn't really any leftover COVID social distancing and masking up signs and stuff around but I suppose it kind of turned into a little bit of reflection on the pandemic in general but I mean it is it is a good like comparison topic because now it's like in another world altering event but just in a different way with the cataclysm and stuff so anyway that is about it for for the episode for for this week and i'm still working on various investigations and stuff into the cataclysm and the various other strange things happening so thank you guys for tuning in and make sure to tune in next week and i'll be back then